on this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we are good to go and go we will. Travel's new age has taken flight as Kiwis start to spread their wings again. We share some timely tips on how to help you navigate the COVID age of travel. Plus, we celebrate the South Pacific, our bumper holiday playground. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Good to see you, Michael. We're taking on the world in this edition. We are indeed. Have we you are... got your suntan oil ready? Um, yeah, I kind of have actually, because yeah. we are going some places, we're going to need it. Indeed. It is so uplifting to see so many Kiwis heading off to far-flung shores um, after so much home detention in the last <laughs> couple of years. Hold on, home detention? Well, house arrest. Cabin fever, New Zealand style. Ankle bracelet. Yes, fortress right. New Zealand. Yes, keep yes. going. So we're here to help. We are indeed. With some timely tips. Okay. And a warning about the traps. Yes. It's what I call trip wire. Trip wire. That's yes. kind of a double entendre, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yes. Indeed. So if you are daring to dream about travelling, we are here to help. So, as this new travel era dawns, it is probably going to take some time for Kiwis to confidently find their travel feet, or wings, as the case may be. Absolutely. Two long years of bottled up, travel-starved wonderlust is finally being uncorked. That's one of your best phrases. Thank you so much. William Wordsworth would be proud. Thank you so much. Um, There are some really interesting dynamics at play, though, Andrew, because Mm. what we've detected is that even though many Kiwis are dusting off their passports, there is a high degree of caution being exercised. Mm. Travelling to the likes of South America, much of Asia, Africa, very unlikely for most New Zealanders this year. It's the comfort zone destinations, short haul trips in the short term. Yeah. Um, South Pacific, Australia. I would say the, the more exotic locales will be 2023. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, so what are the destinations? Where are the places that are resonating with Kiwis? What's Where are the biggest bookings being made right now? Well, unsurprisingly, Australia is the biggest object of our affection. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of that demand is being powered by what's called VFR travel, visiting friends and relatives. Do you know what, actually, VFR, as far as aircraft is concerned, it's visual flight rules. There you go. There you go. Oh, wow. Right. Very visiting friends and relatives. I like it. Yes. Many new bookings are now being made for leisure travel, not just to see Auntie Floss in Broome, Western Australia. So that's cool. (laughs) So a lot of people are going to Oz for pure, unadulterated holiday pleasure. Also, South Pacific bookings are on fire, particularly yes. Fiji and the Cook Islands. In fact, tens of thousands of Kiwis have already booked Fiji and holidays this year. And you've got so much demand, you now have three airlines flying direct between Fiji and New Zealand, uh, New Caledonia and Tahiti. Flights resume to those destinations very soon. Mm. The outliers of note would have to be Samoa and Vanuatu. Neither of those destinations actually has a clear opening date in sight. And beyond the short-haul travel, once again, it's comfort zone destinations. The USA, the UK, Canada, Western Europe. Um, I would imagine a lot of people are finally putting those credits Mm. they've stored up like a squirrel with his nuts. They're putting those to good use. 
And I have noticed over the last few years, as as we like to do in the media with uh, the doom and gloom stories, this is going to fall over, this will crash, whatever. Yes. Uh, people have been saying that, oh, our travel agents are on the way out. Oh, that's a dying industry. Yeah. yeah. Not so much. No. Mm. Yeah. Why? Well, it's funny how fortunes can swing so wildly. Yeah. I believe uh, what's happened is the pandemic has given trusted travel experts so much more currency. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to place your trust in someone who knows what they're talking about, who's been there, done it, particularly if you are long hauling it to exotic destinations where the logistics are more complex. And the thing about travel experts like your travel agent is that they offer what online booking sites generally don't. Well, 24 or 7 customer care. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the days of sitting there on your laptop going, I'm going to book a few flights around the world and just being able to show up and travel are not quite so simple anymore. You might be able to book the flight, but you might not be able to get into the country. You might not be able to get the transfers. You might not be able to get the rapid antigen test. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. So if something goes wrong while you are away, yeah, you've got your travel agent at home who can help you. Um, If you go to any particular online booking site you can think of, I don't believe you'll get the same degree of customer care. Okay, so what are the big traps we need to be aware of? If you're planning an overseas trip, you could get caught out or Mm. tripped up, as you'd say. Uh, Entry and exit requirements are in a huge state of flux right now. Massive. Um, And this is probably the big tripwire you need to navigate, knowing what other regulations to enter and exit a destination. They are constantly evolving. For example, you do not need a test when flying home from Fiji or the Cook Islands. It's just two examples, right? You don't need a pre-departure test to return to New Zealand from those destinations. But but you do need a test to go to Fiji, and it's always changing. Just in the last couple of days, Singapore has announced they are going to flick their pre-departure testing requirements. So if you want to go to Singapore, let's say in May, you will not require getting a test in New Zealand to get on a plane to go to Singapore. So when do you think New Zealand are going to drop their pre-departure testing requirements? Well, it's a very good question. And it would be nice because Australia called time on pre-departure testing is of April 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, Canada were very early on that front. Uh, No pre-departure testing required to go to Canada. Much of Europe has followed suit. The thing is to keep up to date with these ever-fluid regulations country by country, most airline websites now have a comprehensive page specifying the requirements of your chosen destination. Well, especially if you're hopping between countries. You don't have to be somewhere in between Mm. yon and hither and go, well, I can't get to hither. This this is true. By the way, if you are heading to Oz, as I say, um, since April 16, you do not need a pre-departure test before flying to Australia. However, even within Australia, there are some really weird rules. Ah, yeah. Now, this is like when travelling between countries. What about travelling between states? Yes. Okay. I'm sure most Kiwis will have been aware that in the last couple of years through the pandemic, Western Australia has emerged as sort of like the fortress state of Ah, Australia. Yes. So they've got this very weird situation in place now, whereby, let's suppose Andrew was flying direct from Auckland to Perth tomorrow. Mm. Andrew would only need to be double vaccinated to fly to Perth, no probs. However, Uh this is where it gets weird. If Andrew decided he wanted to have a couple of nights in Sydney before he then flew on to Perth, he would need to be 
triple vaccinated. To get into Perth. To get into Perth from Sydney or any other Australian but destination. But not to get into Sydney. But to get to Perth, for, yeah, yeah. Ah. So if you, as in, this is, <laughs> this can do your head and a. Eh? If you are flying direct from New Zealand to Perth, yeah, you only have to be double vaccinated. Yes. For interstate travel to Perth from within Australia, you have to be triple vaccinated, uh, according to the West Australian government. That is so barking mad. So you'd get to Sydney, and if you weren't triple vaccinated, didn't have your boost, you'd find out, no, you can't go to Perth. Correct. So you'd have to get a change your flow. I suppose you could get a quick booster in Australia, but I don't know if a New Zealander would be able to get it. So, but getting the, like the cost of a pre-departure test yes, here, yes. shop around, because the price range is wild. There is some... Serious uh, ripping off going on, I believe. <laughs> to put it bluntly, I was going to say, be subtle about that. Yeah, Michael. yeah. yeah some people are screwing you. Um, <laughs> supervised rat tests. Supervised I've been rat- screwed by a rat. <laughs> <laughs> supervised rat tests are definitely the most cost-effective option, right? Yeah. So, for example, you could have uh, chosen to get a PCR nasal swab or PCR saliva test. Mm-hmm. To do that, you'll generally be charged around 150 to 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. for a rat test, some of those same clinics will charge up to $200 for a rat test. Okay, so, so if you're traveling with a if you're traveling with an entire family. Yes. This could get very very pricey. Oh. Let, let's suppose you've got a family of 4 yeah. heading off to Fiji, right? You need a pre-departure test yeah. from New Zealand to enter Fiji. Yeah. If you went to um, a higher priced outlet who stung you the best part of 200 bucks for a supervised rat test, that is going to cost your family the best part of $800. Crazy. When I would strongly suggest to you the best places to go, your local pharmacy. Yeah. I did a ring around of uh, the ones in my neighborhood, and generally it was about 40 to 50 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Pharmacies are definitely the most price competitive. Similarly, in Australia, yeah. Pharmacies seem to be the sharpest price. And the reason I mention Australia is obviously at the moment to return from Australia to New Zealand, the New Zealand government requires you to have a pre-departure test to come home. Okay, so what I'm, just doing the, the maths here, you've got a family of four. Yeah. And if you don't shop around, you could get stung a whole heap for your pre-departure and then stung a whole heap before coming back. Yep. You could be looking up at, to, you know, a couple of grand extra well, if you didn't shop around. This is absolutely true. And take Fiji as an example. Um, if you go onto, say, the Fiji Airways website at the moment, yeah. you, you can find like one-way fares between Auckland and Nandi at about $230, $240. If you go to the wrong place for your supervised rat test, you could virtually pay the same amount for a test. I was just going to say. Isn't could, that nuts? I uh, know. That yeah. is nuts. Someone's making some serious cash yeah. out of this. Go to your local pharmacy. Yeah. Okay, so we're <laughs> dealing with disaster here. Travel insurance. Yes. Right now, it seems that this is the time that you should be getting travel insurance. Well, for some destinations, you actually must have insurance to be able to go there. Really? A good example, Fiji. Okay. It's mandatory to have insurance before you actually get on the plane. And I can understand that because yeah. I don't want to be caught with the no. cost of thousands of people. No. I went, oh, I'm sick and I didn't actually plan for it. Yeah. yeah. Frank Narama would not be very happy. No, he would not. Uh, all of the key players mm-hmm. in the insurance field, like Covermore, they are offering comprehensive COVID-related 
travel insurance cover. These are the things to check um, before you take out insurance. Ensure that your medical expenses are covered if you catch COVID while you are out of the country. Uh, Check about cancellations and rescheduling costs in the event you get COVID while you're traveling or just before you depart. Mm. Um, For example, with Covermore, as long as you've purchased the travel insurance 21 days before you depart, you are covered for pre-departure problems. Um, If you're going on a cruise, make sure it's not excluded. Visiting a country subject to a do-not-travel alert. Uh, yeah, uh, that will never be covered, <laughs> regardless of uh, what and, insurer and, you go to. And can I say it ranks high on the stupidity level? Total. Yeah. And similarly, uh, the other key areas where travel insurance will not will not cover you when it comes to COVID issues: a government imposed lockdown in the destination you're going to, mm-hmm. or a sudden change in borders. You know, in terms of the border being closed. That's Pushing um, close to force majeure, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But aside from that, I, I think it's fair to say most insurers are offering a reasonable degree of reassurance when it comes to travelling in the COVID age. Absolutely. Now, you did mention Fiji, and we're going to take you to Fiji soon. We've got a couple of guests lined up. Uh, first, we're going to Yasawa Island Resort, and then we skip over to New Caledonia. Back in a tick. Hang on there. with Kiwi Tripsters as international travel restarts for many Kiwis and the South Pacific is sitting very, very pretty. Yes, swap those winter chills for tropical thrills, Andrew. <laughs> Let's get you to Fiji. James McCann is the director and owner of Yasawa Island Resort and Spa. Bulavanaka, James. Great to have you aboard. Thanks, guys. It's nice to be here and it's nice to be talking about uh, Kiwis coming back to Fiji. Okay, James, now you're located at the top of the Yasawa Island group. The weather is absolutely unbeatable, yes, and you've got a few other advantages going on there, right? Well, you know, I guess that's one of the key selling points for us is that we're, you know, we're lucky that we own the runway on our island and so it's only 30 minutes to get to us, but you're really, really set apart there in the northern Yasawas. You know, there's no other tourism or commercial developments near to us. You know, you would never see another tourist. Uh, The nearest resort to us is about an hour away by boat. So, you know, we're up in this beautiful section of Fiji. We're renowned for our beautiful beaches and we're lucky to have the best weather in Fiji. So, you know, as we head into those winter months down under in Australia and New Zealand, you know, we've got the lovely warm Fijian sunshine to uh, take away those COVID blues. James, now the Aussies got the jump on Kiwis, okay? They headed back to Fiji. How long has your resort been back up and running? Well, we reopened uh, midway through December. Fiji opened up. Uh, initially to tourism at the start of December, but we wanted to get a few jobs done at the resort before we reopened. So we uh, we re- reopened about mid-December, just in time for the Christmas rush. Are the Americans heading back to Fiji? Yeah, well, initially, you know, it was basically Australia, the US and Canada who were really the tourists to Fiji. Predominantly for our resort, about two-thirds Aussies, one-third Americans sort of thing, you know, with about 5-6% from Canada. I hear the bookings have been sort of ramping up since December. How encouraging has this been? There was an initial, um, you know, real surge of bookings for December-January period, you know, for Aussies and Kiwis, you know, Christmas time, January, February is not the 
high season traditionally for, you know, our markets there. I think everyone was just so keen to get out. We had quite a busy reopening. Then we had, you know, a fairly normal February-March period. You know, again, it's Australia's summer holidays and so, you know, the weather's usually quite good there, although, you know, we've all been experiencing this La Nina weather pattern. But moving forward for us, bookings are very strong. James, during the prolonged COVID hiatus, I understand you took the opportunity to carry out a series of major renovations and upgrades to the resort. Tell us about that. Well, initially, you know, like everybody, we thought it was a month or two and then it became, you know, quite an extended period. So we are quite lucky that most of our staff come from the local village, which is on Yasawa. And so we had a dozen or so staff at the resort full time, you know, doing general maintenance, looking after the bourrees, keeping them clean. And then just before we reopened, once we got the word to reopen, we to do some more major work at the resort, you know, quite a lot of stuff behind the scenes, which is obviously important, but, you know, doesn't really factor into the guest experience. We also got all the village in to rethatch all the bourrees. We rebuilt and rethatched all the little grass huts. We power washed all the decks. We repainted the main complex, emptied the pool out and hand scrubbed every tile in the pool. And so, you know, we did a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, we did a lot of work around the tennis courts. We rebuilt one of our boats and put new engines on it. And, you know, we plan to keep doing stuff throughout this year. So, you know, as we um, finally start to make a little bit of money again, we're reinvesting that back into the resort. James, Yasawa seems to be renowned as one of Fiji's most high-end resorts, scooping heaps of awards. What do you think sets Yasawa apart? When people want to come to us, you know, they look at the brochures and they see the videos and in their mind, they have a picture of these beautiful beaches and the private picnics and, and all of that sort of thing. And, you know, we certainly offer that to them. But I think the unique thing for us is that when clients come to us, they realize it's about the interaction with the local people, getting to meet the staff, going to the local village, seeing the kids in the school. And that really becomes the highlight, that cultural interaction. You know, I mean, we can go anywhere in the world and lie on a nice beach, but I think people are looking for something a bit more these days, and particularly after being locked down for almost two years, we want to go out and have experiences rather than just fly and flop. I think that's what keeps people coming back to us is that unique interaction with the local people. And, you know, as you guys know, Fijians are just the friendliest people and they're so interested in people from Australia and New Zealand and they want to get to know you. And, and I think that's what makes people's holidays. It's funny you say that, James, because that was my exact experience. The brochures looked great, but they were they were two-dimensional compared to the experience in Fiji, which was, as you say, the culture. You cannot know what it's like unless you experience it, so highly recommended. Your resort at one point, or so I understood, was adults only. Is this still the case? Well, for most of the year, it's couples only. Um, but, you know, over time, we've had so many people come back and say we wanted to bring our kids or, you know, we, after we had our honeymoon in Yusawa, you know, we've got two kids now. And, and so we do now, or we have for a little while, accepted kids during the school holiday period or the traditional Australian New Zealand school holiday period. So, you know, three, four times throughout the year, there's those slots of time where families can come. Tell us about your all-inclusive ethos, which is very wide-ranging, except for alcoholic beverages in the spa, but it does include the village visits you mentioned and also activities like the Blue Caves, right? We include motorised and non-motorised activities. And so, 
some of the highlights for people are, you know, going down, as you said, to the Blue Lagoon Caves. But we also have 11 private beaches, so guests can get out on their own little piece of paradise for the day. And we pack up a lobster picnic and, you know, some lunch for them. And, you know, they usually grab a bottle of wine or some beers and off they go for the day. And so all of that's included you know, as I mentioned, and you mentioned going into the village and seeing the kids in the school and meeting the chief, that's really a highlight for clients as well. And of course, we've got all the other things like kayaks and stand up paddle boards and all of that sort of stuff, which, you know, guests love to do as well. And because of our situation and location, we have a great dive operation. And so, you know, diving is something that people like to take advantage of, whether they're you know, paddy certified or they just want to experience a resort dive. Now, Mike did mention the spa treatments previously. And as we have discovered in other podcasts, uh, Michael is quite a fan of a, a facial and a massage. And, a, and moving on, uh, you're offering an amazing spa package at the moment. What does this involve? We have basically a package that includes a 50-minute treatment every single day of your stay. And it's, a, and it's a fixed price. And in Fijian dollars, it's about 495 so I suppose in, in Kiwi dollars, what's that, about 350 I suppose, Kiwi dollars. And that gets you a treatment every day of your stay. So the longer you stay, the more treatments you have for that one price. And, you know, that includes facials and body wraps and body scrubs and, of course, massage. And, you know, where in the world can you have a massage every day of your holidays? Hold on. You said, what, every day? Every right? day. Of, yeah, every day. Oh. <laughs> Well, all the very best for the bumper winter season ahead, James. Great to have you aboard. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to talk to you, and, and thanks so much for having me. Coming up, Michael and I reflect on our own adventures in the South Pacific, and uh, we say bonjour to New Caledonia Tourism. Back shortly. You're back with Kiwi Tripsters as we hop around the sun-kissed islands of the South Pacific. Oh. And why? Because we now can. Oh, island in the sun. <laughs> was that a Kamal song? I think it was. Kamal? Well, it wasn't Islands in the Stream, was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever your song of choice, swap the winter chills for tropical thrills. <laughs> Andrew, you've had some great adventures in Fiji. What would you recommend people well, do? Tell you what I'd recommend you'd do. So went to Fiji, first went to Matamanoa, which was a couple's island, and with absolutely no children, which is fine, you know, as you do. It was very tranquil. And then on the way out, went to a big family resort with kids galore. Did it in the wrong order. Oh, no. I did, because it was, it was good. They're both fantastic, but I did it in the wrong order. Anyway, I actually rented a catamaran because I'm a sailor from many, many years ago. I rented a catamaran when I was in Fiji and took it out. And it was on your own? Uh no. Oh. And just two of us. Oh, okay. And um, but it sailed out there, beautiful clear water. I could see the little fishies swimming underneath. And it was just, it was, I thought I was in paradise. Wow. I really did. Did you have to have certification to take out a catamaran? No, I didn't. But I knew what I was doing. Did they know that? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Better they were sitting on the sitting on the shore laughing at the guy. Anyway, no, it was actually it was fantastic. Now you are a big fan of Raro. Well, I'm intrigued by your sailing, actually. Why? So when you say you went out mm. with the catamaran, do you stay in the lagoon or are you actually out in the ocean? I actually went out in the ocean. You can go wow. in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. It really was. I actually did wonder when I was halfway out if they knew 
that I knew what I was doing and what if I didn't? Anyway, it didn't, it, but I was fine. It, I, I I'm having it. the same questions about you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm feeling concerned about your welfare retrospectively. <laughs> well, here I am with you now. Rarotonga. Rarotonga <laughs> oh, is your little yes. place to go. It is certainly going off. Um, I'd have to say, if you do want to uh, blend the finery of Polynesia with a dollop of all things Mediterranean, a really cool place to go, to dine there's a place called Antipodes. Yeah, um, it's really elegant, very enchanting, and it's perched on a cliff overlooking the ocean. So it does kind of feel a bit like the Mediterranean. They mm. do incredible Italian food, but yeah, it's the setting that will blow your hair back. Well, my hair got blown back on the catamaran a wee bit, but that's I all right. It did. And I'm sure your travelling companion was feeling the same way. <laughs> My comment, what about a bit of wildlife? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> on the catamaran. Wildlife. Right. Rarotonga, go on. <laughs> In Rarotonga, if you are a fan of turtles. Which you are. And who isn't. Exactly. Uh, definitely jump on board either one of Andrew's catamaran <laughs> tours or my recommendation would actually to go with Ariki Adventures on the Turtle Sea Scooter Safari. Probably safer. A Turtle yeah. Sea Scooter Safari? This is the coolest thing. Is and it? it's a yeah. very intimate way to embrace the grace of the Hawksbill and Green Turtles that are all through the waters of the Cox. Um, and the sea scooters, they are weightless. So um, <clears throat> they help to propel you through the water and deeper down with your snorkeling gear on. It's the weirdest thing. And and when I was last in Rarotonga, uh, the group that I went out with on the sea scooters, we ended up in this 30-metre trench. It was like a coral canyon, and it was just completely heaving with turtles. Definitely a highlight. I'm still thinking about you embracing a turtle. But anyway. I'm thinking uh, about you in the cat. (laughs) Now, as you know, on this podcast, we're never far away from a beverage of some description. Sunset cocktails. Yes. And uh, in in Raro, (laughs) uh, bar hopping. Yes. Um, Oh, oh. where to start? Well, we're we're okay. Where to start? Well, a great way to do it is, first of all, go and see (laughs) Tick E Tours. Okay. Tick E Tours. Tick E Tours. Now, these guys um, are Kiwis, Carl and Tanya, and Mm. they set up this enterprising tour company uh, and they have a special sunset cocktail tour. So essentially, you've got your transportation sorted because they offer a variety of guided sightseeing experiences, but it's the sunset cocktail tour you will want to take using their fleet of sleek and stylish electric tuk-tuks. <laughs> and you let them do the driving while you sink into a few cheeky cocktails along the Sunset Coast. I'm sure there are people listening to this podcast who are thinking, these guys really just focus on the fact of how to drink. (laughs) (laughs) How to do it effortlessly. And get there via all sorts of (laughs) techniques and (laughs) e-bikes and boats. and Anyway, okay, so the the recommended stops on this little uh, sojourn of yours. Indeed. Yes. Well, there's a necklace of beachfront hotspots around Arorangi, which is sort of nicknamed the Sunset Coast Mm. in Rarotonga. Mm -hmm. So from the road, the amazing thing, Andrew, is you would never know some of these places actually exist. They are so discreetly tucked away. Yet yet you managed to find them. We found them. (laughs) Uh, We called into Shipwreck Hut, which is um, loved by CNN for some reason. They actually gave this the gong 
as one of the top 10 beach bars in the world. Wow. Yeah. That's shipwreck hut. That's pretty good. So have a nice little pina colada there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my runaway favorite haunt is a place called On the Beach Bar, OTB, which is at Manua Beach Resort. Very close to shipwreck hut, actually. Actually, Manua Beach Resort. Yes. Very nice place. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so whistle up a Manua kiss which is a cocktail, mm-hmm. um, over some very scrumptious seafood nibbles. Mm-hmm. And also close by, don't miss Wilson's Beach Bar, which is part of Castaway Villas. Uh, they do fantastic bonfires on the beach, which is just one of those sort of timeless... Isn't it? Just heartwarming things, isn't it? it Have is. a bonfire on the beach. Yeah. So over your bonfire, you can sip on sundowners and nibble on yakitori skewers. Um, if you need a cocktail recommendation, uh, I would. <laughs> and if you don't need it, you're getting it anyway. <laughs> I would certainly whistle up a blow me up, uh, which is the most extravagant <laughs> kind of cocktail. Sounds like it. It uh, comprises quite a variety of hard spirits, liqueurs, hazelnut, and chocolate sauce. So it sort of doubles as a dessert. <laughs> It probably doubles as a main meal too. <laughs> okay, and uh, for a complete change of scenery, yes, uh, uh, which is probably putting down your drink. Yes, is I've uh, yeah, highly recommended going aerial on oh, the yes. Raratonga scenic flights. This is such a great thing to do because mm. obviously, if you've seen that um, bird's eye view looking down at Raratonga, well, you can't do a bird's eye view looking up, can you? Well, this is true. Unless the boot's not that well. No, that's After very true. one of your cocktails. Yes, mm. yes. Or a trip out on a catamaran with Andrew Zeppi. <laughs> Move on. Uh, but yeah, no, it's such a gorgeous island to gaze down on because mm. it's lassoed by that reef um, and you just get a really good sense of all of the vivid ocean blues, all of the subtle differences in blue that encircle Rarotonga. You know, you've got like the turquoise, striking turquoise of the lagoon, uh, then the emerald green motus. Um, then you've got the the uh, the forest of Rarotonga, the jungle, the the really green heart of Raro, even more striking green hues. So, yeah, seeing it all from above, aloft in a high wing Cessna, it is insta worthy heaven. And I actually think the best feature to Rarotonga's terrain are those spiky, sculptured peaks that sort of thrust up from the jungle right in the heart of the island. They are true rock stars. Um, And your tan may fade, Andrew, but Rarotonga memories remain golden forever. You Ah. missed your calling. You should have worked for Hallmark. Oh, island in the sun. Um, (laughs) An interesting note about uh, when you talk about the... um, the different blues. You're yes. right. And I saw that when I, when I went over Fiji for about an hour and a quarter on a helicopter, all the different blues. Yeah. And when you and I went in the, well, we were in the float plane. When yes. We were in near Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Yes. And all the different types of blue. You yeah. look down and think, really? It's amazing. Like you, it's like, what do they call it? A Pantone color chart, isn't it? It is. You get all the different hues. Of blue. Indeed. Blue hues. Blue hues. Yes. To match a few blue cocktails. Just ahead, we're going to switch it up and uh, look at some French flair in the South Pacific. We're joined by a special guest and then we check in with New Caledonia. Back in a tick. Don't go away. This is Kiwi Tripsters with Mike and Andrew. Now, if you'd like to add a splash of 
French flair and flavour. See, French flair, flavour. To a South Pacific vacation, look no further than New Caledonia. Joining us from New Caledonia Tourism, Sally Peppermans. Bonjour, Sally. Welcome aboard. Bonjour. Bonjour. Hello. Nice to see you. You must be absolutely delighted to see direct flights resuming from New Zealand in a matter of days. Oh, my dog. I can tell you, yes, we are thrilled over the moon. I've been dreaming uh, about it for years now. We can, yeah, pretty much say years. And we are so excited. And the, the flights are resuming very soon, as you see it, uh, in matter of days for Air Calin, uh, the national carrier. And the first flight will be in the beginning of May. And then later on in July, uh, New Zealand is going to resume the flight as well. So yeah, can't wait, just can't wait. And of course, New Caledonia is super close to us, one of our nearest neighbours. Well, actually, that's true. And a lot of New Zealanders uh, still don't know that we are the closest neighbour from New Zealand and takes uh, under three hours from Auckland to Numea. Actually, it takes two hours and a half uh, to go to, yeah, to this beautiful island. Yes, very true. Okay, so for travellers who have never been to New Caledonia before. What sets it apart, Sally? What makes it, uh, what gives it the flair? <laughs> oh, there's so many reasons I can tell you, but I, I, I pretty much I remember this campaign that we did a couple of years ago pre-COVID, same time, but different world. Actually, as you can hear from my French accent, we are French, we belong to the French government, so for those who don't waste uh, too much time on travelling to Europe, to France, and spend 24 hours on a plane and spend $4,000 in a flight ticket. We have a French island uh, just next door together with this beautiful lagoon and this tropical spirit as well. So depending on you're looking for, in one destination, actually you have both the European feeling but the tropical island as well. Do most travellers use Numea as their holiday base? Yeah, obviously Numea is a good start or a good end to your trip to uh, New Caledonia because it's a capital. So New Caledonia is not a uh, big country in terms of inhabitants. So half of the inhabitants are based in the capital and it's a very cosmopolitan city. It's um, actually very busy as well. We have all what we need up there. It's not the traffic that we have in big cities uh, here in New Zealand, obviously, but uh, yeah, New Mia is obviously a good end or a good start. All right. So what are some of the essential experiences around Numea? Oh, there are so many, depending on what you're looking for. But I always recommend my customers to go to the market. Because at the market, at the city market, uh, which is in downtown, uh, it's a mix of flavour. You have a mini New Caledonia in one place. So you have the tropical fruits, all the fish from the lagoon. But you can also have your coffee with your croissant or your baguette. So French and so New Caledonia at the same time. You know what I mean? So the market is really a, a must-do. I'll probably recommend to go to Amidi Lighthouse. It's a an island not too far from the city, like uh, an hour by boat. And it's just fantastic. You, It's a lighthouse and you can climb up to the oh, 300 stairs and the view is magnificent. It's a reserve and you can swim with the turtles. It's 
William must do uh, to enjoy the tropical, the island style of uh, the city. Also recommend to go to the Jibao Center. So Jibao Center is a cultural center. It's uh, designed by Renzo Piano, which is this Italian architect, very famous, who did some building in Australia and in Japan as well, and the Pompidou Center for, the, for those who've been to Paris. And uh, actually, you can learn a lot about uh, the culture, uh, the history of the of the country as well. So it's a wow factor itself just uh, looking at the building. So there's so many different uh, activities in Numia, depending if you are on a couple, if you are uh, with the kids as well. So you need some time to visit the city. Sally, is it a misnomer to assume that New Caledonia is expensive. Oh, is that a good question, actually, that I have very, very often because a lot of my friends say, hey, Sally, yeah, I would like to go to New Cal, but I heard it's expensive. And I say, yes, and no, I'm not going to lie. It's not a cheap destination. You need a sort of a budget to go to New Cal. But listen, um, New Caledonia is a developed country. We have good roads, good infrastructures, uh, very good medical facilities as well. And the most important thing, I think, people are just paid decently. And there's a cost for that. You you, you can't expect a developed country to be cheap. That doesn't exist on, on the planet. Sorry, but New Zealand is not cheap anymore either. And we still have to import goods, you know, pear and apple from New Zealand. Yes, you will pay a little bit more. But I think the currency here plays a a big part of um, how expensive can be the destination. And the dollar compared with euro, because we have the um, XPF, which is the Pacific French francs, like in Tahiti. So it's a fixed rate with euro. And at this time, of the uh, of the year, the uh, euro is quite weak. Well, we have a good dollar, so I think it used to be really expensive for Kiwis when the dollar was really weak. It's not the case anymore. So I think it would be equivalent as traveling f- to Australia, basically. We were talking earlier about entry requirements, COVID protocols. What's required for New Zealanders to travel in this new age? What's required to visit New Caledonia? What are the ground rules? Yes, uh, we have some rules, uh, like having a pre-departure test and uh, on the ground as well. You don't need to isolate. There's no MIQ anymore, so that's all good. Uh, but you will have to do to have another test two days after your arrival, and if it's okay, you're just good to go. You'll basically have the same rules as uh, New Zealand uh, at the present time. But it's changing really fast, and I really recommend uh, travellers to look at our website, uh, newcaledonia.travel. What the rules are now might not be the case in in May or in July. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Ellie. And uh, just to repeat, the official website, newcaledonia.travel. Dot travel. Merci beaucoup. Thank you, Sally, and all merci. the very best. Yeah, merci beaucoup. A bientôt. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Well, that wraps up this edition. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, and our show notes are available on the website, kiwitripsters.co.nz. If you want to check out our article on travel trends, tips, and the traps to avoid, mm. you'll find it on the website fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz. Plus, we'd love you to rate and 
review Kiwi Tripsters wherever you get your podcast. And we will see you again in a fortnight when we talk about um, disaster tourism or mm. dark tourism. Dark Is tourism. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. All yeah. right. Some of the amazing places you can go and get a real sense of world history. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you for listening. Telly ho. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.